0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Naeem Fazzle Podcast. This is Vinny here. I have Naeem on with me. How you doing, man? Oh man, I'm doing well, my friend. I've just had my fourth cup of coffee. So... <laughs> I'm on three myself, so <laughs> and I'm not I'm not waking up. I don't know what it is. I just like you have like caffeine overload right now, man. You got too much. Does it reverse the f- effect? Is that I, what I it feel is? like too much of a of anything is you know re- starts to reverse the effect. That could be a whole podcast episode
1: right there. That, that is. It's probably because I've built up a tolerance to caffeine. I need like Seriously. a gazillion amount of, of yeah, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> the anyway. same way. Well, yeah, man, we're we're
0: back. We're last week uh, we interviewed Joel uh, as part of our new dark room sessions. So for those of the uh, um, listeners that are just tuning in for the first time on this series. Can you give us a little bit of info? What is, the, what are our dark room sessions?
1: What are we doing? With these? Yeah. So basically I'm interviewing friends, uh, leadership people that I know that are really making a difference. Uh, I believe in shaping the, 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 church, you know, and they're leading. And um, I wanted to do these dark room sessions because in the dark room, things get developed, you know, and, and it's those times where you like a photographer, you know, uh, that, uh, that uh, works on a, a like a. A photograph, you know, allows the process uh to really yep. uh bring to light the things that is uh, that are really, really important. And I think yeah. God does that in dark room in our lives. And you know, honestly, man, I wanted to do like I wanted to call them green room sessions at first, but then i am like, you know mm-hmm. what, green room sessions, uh especially with leaders, uh with Christian leaders, green room is where you are like you're like your best. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? It's like yeah. you're actually one-upping or trying to one up uh, you know, uh, passively, yeah. I guess, aggressively uh, to, uh, you know, one another. And so you're kind of like, you know, just, <laughs> you're just faking it. I think green room sessions is just, is just terrible. Like the so filter. Anyways, yeah, it's a filter. You, you show your best stuff and everybody's like just fronting, you know, basically. Yeah. And, um, but anyways, so yeah, so we got yeah, today, so- we got a, a special guest, pretty pumped about that. You, you said uh, Justin Timberlake, right? No, no, not Justin Timberlake. No, oh. no. I wish, but okay. no, I, I got Tim Timberlake. Even oh, better. Okay,
0: okay, okay.
1: Tim Timberlake, yes. He's black, he's white. Yeah.
0: So, <laughs> yes. yes, yes. That's awesome, man. Well, yeah, I'm excited. I know Tim has been uh, at Mosaic a few times. I know you guys go way back. So, I'm excited to see what you guys talk about. Uh, we're going to throw it to that interview now. So, you guys sit back, enjoy, and uh, we'll be back.
1: All right. Hey, buddy. How are you?
2: Doing good, man. How about yourself? I'm honored to be on the dark room, man. I, I'm I'm privileged, bro. Thank you for having me.
1: I will have to say, though, that this is the dark room session, and you're kicking it off, and you are on the in the brightest room right now, visually.
2: <laughs> well, I don't want to be in the dark room talking about the dark room. That becomes that's the person <laughs> that, That's true. That's
1: true. That's true. That's true. All right, for our listeners here. So, Tim, you and i our relationship started online so online dating works right yeah. <laughs> right uh I And mean, we, i think it was like i don't even know how many years ago seven years ago maybe
2: maybe less no man right it's, it's probably longer than that now i mean maybe eight or nine really You gotta yeah you gotta take away a whole year with 2020 man
1: oh that's true it's true it's true yeah so uh, yeah, so we we started noticing each other online, uh, liking our stuff, and then I uh, DM'd you, right? I slipped yeah, into you, your DMs. You slid into my <laughs> DMs,
2: man. Slid, not <laughs> slipped.
1: <laughs> I might have,
2: I might have actually <laughs> slipped. <laughs> you sure did, man. And, and it was a, a a great start to a lifelong friendship and relationship, man. And, and seeing what God has done. Um, you know, through us and our families, you know, being welded together has been incredible, man.
1: Yeah, it has been. It has been. So those of you who do not know. So, uh, yeah, Tim and I hit it off. And then he spoke at Mosaic several times. He stayed in my house. He's been on my motorcycle. Right. Absolutely. Uh, I refuse to stay uh, anywhere else in Charlotte outside of your house. <laughs> Uh, It's been fun. It's been really great to get to know you and your family uh, a little bit as well. So, all right, well, let's just jump in. Uh, You're busy, man. You've got a book that just came out or is coming out, right? Talk to me about that.
2: Yeah, March 9th, man. It dropped and and very, very blessed and humbled by the response that it has gotten. And and I believe it's something um, that ties us together. Um, and and something that can unify us because it's something we can all identify with and that's time. You know, we um, all have a certain allotment of time that we are given and the way that we steward that time determines the outcomes and the life that we live. And so uh, I was very fortunate and blessed, man, that God kind of gave me this insight on the matter of 1,440 and uh, that's how many minutes we have in a day. And so each minute is an investment somewhere and uh, we'll draw a uh, uh, withdrawal from what it is that we invest and deposit into. And so why not do our part in making sure that we invest those minutes properly and to the best of our ability.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I was wondering what that, uh, the title was. So I'm glad you, uh, you explained that to people. Um, <laughs> and now you said the Mara, the book drops on the 9th, right? So yeah, next March, week? March 9th next week. Yep. Okay. So where can we find this thing? What's the best way to get this thing?
2: Yeah. Go to the power of 1440.com or anywhere books are sold really. Um, you know, it, it's one of those, um, things, man, that I've just kind of been blown away at the response and the demand from it, and so you know they're carrying it in all major outlets: Barnes and Nobles, uh, Books a Million, Target, Walmart, uh, Amazon. You know, all the all the major outlets uh, are carrying it, and uh, you know, it's it's been humbling to watch it hit shelves, man.
1: Awesome, and then people can connect with
2: you on social media, right? Obviously. Yeah. For sure instagram is t timberlake twitter's tim timberlake facebook is tim timberlake page and i would love to connect with everybody that that reaches out man that's that's how our relationship started and i am a super relational guy and uh, I, I will respond if you reach awesome. out to me so uh, give me your myspace account again What was that yeah myspace is myspace.com forward slash <laughs> nine
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice nice awesome
2: well uh that is i know uh, so many jokes about my space the further, further back than that was one called black planet man you, you gotta be like i'm sorry school. what yeah yeah before myspace it was one called black planet and I are you just black making planet this up because I, was, I would believe that no no google it man i'm gonna story. google it
1: you, those of you who are listening we need to google black Planet.
2: I'm telling you. Now this yeah. is weird though, but it, it's not just for black people, right? It's not just for- <laughs> <laughs> no, at, at the time, that's how it started. It started out just for black people and then it kind of morphed. <laughs> that's that's crazy. And those of you who do not
1: know, Timberlake is black. So just yeah, that's, that's true. why right. <laughs> all
2: yeah.
1: right. So let's talk about these dark room sessions. So basically these sessions are conversations about like really the deep work that god is done to develop us and so like a mm-hmm. photographer you know a, a dark room is where things are really developed from like in, in a sense from a negative or rawness to something that brings out light and color and potential and so I just thought you know that uh, I think it would be great for you to have a conversation with you as a leader as spiritual leaders uh, uh, to how God has developed you so let's start with how did you get there what is your role right now you know so yeah give us that story.
2: So uh, I lead a church called Celebration Church, and uh, you know the the mothership of our church is in Jacksonville, Florida, and uh, I oversee thirteen locations here stateside, and uh, we have several locations overseas: Paris, um, South Africa, Zimbabwe, Belgium, Brussels, and um, you know it's kind of weird how I got to this place. Um, I. Stepped into senior pastoring at 20 years old in the church that my parents pastor, the church that I still pastor. It's now one of our our locations. As a matter of fact, our second broadcast location. And um, my parents started it, man, in the early 70s. And uh, they started as a a Baptist church. Uh, My dad stepped into it as an associate pastor. The pastor at the time was retiring and asked him to step in and take it over. And he did, and he quickly uh, grew to dislike it. And so he was going to quit. And um, he told God, give him a sign whether he was supposed to stay doing that or go ahead and do something else. And the Sunday that he was going to quit for months and months at a time, nobody was getting saved. Nobody was coming to church. Nobody was changing lives. And the Sunday that he had made up in his mind to quit, uh, a 14-year-old, young man walked down the aisle and gave his life to the lord and that was a sign to my dad to continue Mm. uh, to pastor that church and so he started to teach on the power of jesus and really the the importance of the holy spirit and uh the few members that he had left the church and they had nine uh praying mothers left in the church and from there Uh, you know, those praying mothers began to pray that God would send revival to that city and to that area. And it grew from nine praying mothers to 117 people in four months and from 117 people to 400 people in six months and from uh, 400 people to over a thousand. And I think it was like five months after that. And then it just continued to exponentially grow. And they ended up um, changing the name and coming out of the Baptist denomination. And the church ended up growing to over 6,000 people in a town of 2,400. Uh, oh, wow. In, yeah. In the late 80s. Yeah, so yeah. That's, it, yeah. It, it, it continued to grow you know, exponentially. And uh, in 1997, my dad was diagnosed with terminal throat cancer and was given three weeks to live. And um, they offered him the option to, you know, have this experimental surgery. And so he opted for it. They told him that it was a great possibility that he would die on the surgery table. Um, But the options were you got three weeks to live or you can risk, um, you know, a longer life if you have Mm the surgery. And so he opted for the surgery and they cut him from ear to ear. They removed the tumor from his throat, the size of a chipmunk. Um, oh but my they gosh. also removed a quarter of his tongue. And so he was no longer able to eat or drink through his mouth. He was spread through a G2 yeah. for the remainder of his life, which was five years. And so, um, he ended up dying, uh, the day after my 18th birthday. And oh, um, bro. I-, I ended up staying a little closer to home, um, just because I wanted to make sure my mom was good. And I had a couple of basketball scholarship offers at different universities, Uh, kind of spread out around the U.S. but decided to stay closer to home and so I ended up going to a small division one school in Hampton, Virginia and um, got a call from God, man, that that I couldn't shake probably a year into me going to school there and I knew Mm. that it was time for me to leave that school and transfer to Bible College to get educated, to learn, to grow. Mm. And so the same week that God called me is the same week that I left that school and transferred into Bible College in Detroit, Michigan. Mm. And I ended up graduating from there and going back home, man. And at twenty years old, twenty-one years old, stepped into senior leadership there at the church. And thank God, the church is still existing. And, and oh my God, still, yeah, still reaching people in the community, man. So uh, that's kind of a that's kind of a. a Thirty thousand foot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, view of, of how I got here. And then
1: you're currently uh, married, right? Yeah, and You man, live beautiful wife, Jen,
2: Jen and
1: we got Jen a four year old awesome. son. That's why yes. I really
2: am friends with you, by the way. Yeah, Ashley yeah, I, and I know we like know. Jen better. Every everybody loves Jen better. She is a phenomenal firecracker. That's what I call her. <laughs> and we we have a. a, a handsome young son maxwell ace he's four and he is a ball of energy
1: he is he's adorable bro he's fun he is man
2: that's
1: awesome that's (laughs) awesome so you so you've had uh pastoring in your blood you know i come from a muslim background have no concept of uh what it means to be in ministry you know and uh Came to the States at 18 and then started, you know, had a radical experience with Jesus and then started into just volunteering ministry and then came on staff at like 23. So I don't have, you know, uh, um, like I said, uh, I don't have pastor in my blood. You do, you do, right? You have you have background, generation. Is that, let me ask you,
2: is that a good thing or a bad thing? Like in a sense? I, 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 I guess... You know, it, it can have pros and cons. For me, it was good because it gave me a model. Uh, although my dad isn't here anymore, it gave me a model of what it was I should be doing as a leader, you know? And so I, I know certain instances where uh, leaders, pastors, thought leaders, communicators had people that were in ministry in their life and did not model it the right way and really kind of tarnished them and tainted it. Their perspective of ministry. But for me, it was, it was great, man, to see my parents and um, my father before he died, really steward the call of God well in his life. Mm-hmm. And in, in a time where I had no desire to be saved in a time that I had no desire to pursue Christ or his church, his bride, um, it's the memories of the integrity and and the character that my dad carried in that season that show me how to model my life even now for my son, and so when my dad got sick with terminal throat cancer, my my perspective of God was, if this is the way you treat your mm. son,
1: your yeah.
2: yeah, your guy, like I, I, I don't want to serve that kind of God. You yeah, know? just kind of being ignorant and and really operating from a place of pain, and it shaped my perspective. And so I ran, man. I did everything I could to be the best. Uh, you know, sinner, I could possibly be, be the exact opposite of what my parents lived in front of me. And, Mm. you know, I, I am a living testimony that love draws back the heart of men and women, because that's what drew me back to the heart of God. It was the love that my parents had for me, even though they knew I was living a life that, was far less than what they desired and far less than what Jesus desired for me to live. And so Mm. for me, it it was a, it was a positive, man. It it is why I carry myself the way I carry myself right now.
1: Mm. Yeah. I think that is a, that is a tension really to manage, right? Where you're in leadership role and now you you have a younger son, but uh, the, 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 the invisible pressure of you know, he represents you and other people represent you. I mean, that's the mm-hmm. part of leadership is like, you know, when you're not leading, no one else uh, handles your image in a sense. No one else handles you, uh, you know, um, and can affect uh, your perception or people's perceptions of you. But now you, when you're in your leadership, all of a sudden your organization, your, your church, your people, people around you Absolutely. are your, I hate to say the word brand, but they are, they represent you. And so when you have a, when you have a child or when you have a kids who are, you know, I have got a 14 year old and 17, can you believe it, bro? It's um, crazy. And the challenge is, is like, how do God does it so well? Like he trusts us, trusts us enough to go, I'm going to let you do be you. I'm going to lead you. But like, it's really about instilling not content, but really character in, in, in the people around you that that you know like like your dad did that allowed you to really be in ministry for now what how many years 17 years man yeah yeah it's crazy yeah that's good that's good man uh so let me ask you this i mean uh what what did you think like looking at your dad and looking at ministry like what is something that you thought um that you would never really struggle with but but I mean, just be raw here. Like you're like, man, I never thought I'd be struggling with this, but I but I do. You know, like I when I started Mosaic, and so I planted mosaic, you know? Mm-hmm. And before being a senior pastor, I don't know what happened. Like I did not struggle with so much insecurity, or I wasn't connected to this this idea of how many people showed up will depend my will determine my Sunday. Yeah. Like, I didn't realize this. I didn't realize people's giving would affect my emotions i didn't think people's it was the strangest and when i stepped into the senior pastoral leadership role all of a sudden i started struggling with things like i never was struggled with being in a gathering full of leaders trying to come across a certain way to be i don't know to be successful right so does that make sense So what did you, yeah. So what did you
2: struggle with? Were you like, man, I didn't realize this, but I did. Man, I, I I never, ever struggled with doubt before I stepped in the leadership ever. Like it wouldn't wouldn't even cross my mind. Like doubt about God or about yourself? Doubt about myself, about potential, about the church. You know, I, I think all of us, particularly when, when you live long enough, you, you carry a sense of, is it really possible? Like, can, can what I really be praying for happen for me? Right. You know, can, is, it, is it the same for me as it was as the people that I read? <laughs>
0: you know,
2: I, I never struggled with it. I never, never, there was never a thought in my mind growing up that I couldn't do something. And so it's almost like, you know, you're, you're too ignorant to know you can't, but at the same time, no one has proved to you that it's not possible until Mm -hmm. you get older to understand, uh, maybe there are some limitations in this life, (laughs) (laughs) you know? And so for me, doubt is the thing, man, that I have battled and I've struggled with for years. And I was praying, man. And I was asking God, okay, because, because doubt has this crazy way of making you believe that your your faith is off if you doubt. Mm-hmm. And, and and this is what this is what God told me. He said there's a difference between doubt and unbelief. Hmm. And so remember, remember in Mark, I believe it's chapter nine, where the father has the son who's dealing with these tormenting spirits and he says these spirits throw him into the fire and uh he takes him to the disciples the disciples can't do it and um he brings him to jesus and jesus asked the father do you believe i'm able to do this mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. father says i believe you are able but heal me of my unbelief mm. right and so what what i have learned through leadership and just kind of through the course of this journey is doubt is struggling with what you believe unbelief is the condition of the heart of refusal to believe mm. And so as as I'm kind of going through these things, you know, the enemy always whispers, it's not gonna happen. It's not possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it, it just stirs up this doubt. It's not that I don't believe it. Mm-hmm. It's that I don't believe it can happen for me. Yeah. Yeah. I believe yeah. I believe there are other people that are qualified to to walk into it, to see it, to, to experience it. But there's just something about doubt for me, man, that is a, a daily um fight that says okay this is the this is the promises of god this is what he's told you and uh it it doesn't rest in my ability uh to perform or to make it happen it rests in my ability to believe and one of the things that i know is god's greatest disappointment is to not be trusted and his greatest joy is to be trusted and so for me, even with the doubt that I have, he can still do miracles in and, and through it, you know? And so it doesn't take the same amount of faith to finish as it does to take the faith to
1: start. Yeah, yeah, and if yeah, I have yeah. the
2: faith to start it, then he'll show me step-by-step, step, line upon yeah. line, precept upon precept, yeah. what it will take to get me to the place that he desires for me to be. And so that for me, man, is how I... I kind of kind of fight that battle but it it is a battle and i think any any leader that desires to please god and see god do incredible things struggles with that to some degree maybe maybe not as much as others such as myself but to some degree struggle with yeah what will it happen is it possible especially in 2020 i mean if 2020 did not rock yeah your for sure core belief and really grind it down to the gristle. I don't know what will.
1: You know? Now, are you talking about just the pandemic or other things as well?
2: Everything that 2020 presented. I mean, the pandemic, COVID-19 was one pandemic but then you had the yeah. pandemic of racial tension. You had the, the economic crisis. You had people literally losing their minds in real time. And, and really we saw um, you know, our, our country polarized in a place that we've never, never seen it in a very long time. I was talking to my mom. She, she'll be 72 this year. She, she lived through segregation. She didn't go to school with, uh, anyone outside of African-American. She had to go to the back of a restaurant. She couldn't drink oh, water wow. in the front. She, mm. she lived through all of these things. And I asked her, have you ever seen anything like this? And I, she said in my in my 71 years of life, I've never seen anything like this. And I, I think the thing that happened and, and still is happening as we speak now is all of humanity is experiencing pain. And yeah. we're all we're all searching to understand what the answer is. And those of us that know Jesus, I'm not assuming everyone listening to this does, but those of us that know Jesus have a confidence and an assurance that although we're being tested, although we're going through pain, we are not in this alone. And so that for me has been the comforting thing in, in this season and seasons alike, where I'm, I'm struggling with the, the thought, the, with the mentality and processing, okay, is it possible? Hmm. Yeah. So that, yeah. That that would be that that one thing for me, man.
1: Yeah, bro. I mean, I I'm I'm grateful that you mentioned that because I think that uh, people don't step into leadership because they feel like they're in, they don't have the confidence it requires to lead people, which is interesting because when you get into leadership, doubt is really the thing that most leaders struggle with. Some mask it. Uh, with a lot more um, bravado in a sense or yeah. over exaggerating uh, their their um, their content even you know uh, and you know and I know we've seen people that you go okay like you you're being extra because you don't actually believe this <laughs> like right absolutely <laughs> yeah there's absolutely. a lot of there's a lot of uh, just uh, it's a light show of words but there's nothing behind it uh, Absolutely. and, and so it's, 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 uh, it's true that we, ha- we can spot insecurity, but I think when we acknowledge doubt, I think that's really great. You know, I was talking to uh, my, um, uh, to Nura, who is uh, 14 and, um, uh, talking about how, like, you know, when she was in elementary uh, school, like when she was younger, things were just black and white. So it was just like easy to believe you hit middle school, high school years, all of a sudden, things that were yes and no, things that were just clear become very unclear. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's a sign of maturity. So I think like doubt's not a, you know, it's not a delusion of immaturity. Doubt is actually a determination of maturity. You know, it's like, right. it's yeah. it it actually says, you're actually asking the right questions. You're You're in fact working through this and so I think people don't realize that great leaders uh, like yourself and leaders that have a lot of um, responsibility uh, and a lot of weight that they uh, that they carry um, struggle with doubt and it's good it's a good thing it's a really good thing so it,
2: it doesn't feel good I tell you that it, it <laughs> you're is. right it is a, a, it is a good thing. You know. I think you know, like fear, oftentimes you know, people say you know, all fear is a bad thing. I, that, that's not necessarily true. There is a, a good fear. I, I believe God placed fear in us to protect us from certain mm-hmm. things and to keep mm-hmm. us safe and to, to make sure we are mindful and sensitive to what could harm us and put us in danger. And so, you know, it it gets unhealthy when we start to fear things that aren't logical or things that haven't happened yet or things that are not a threat. But I believe there is a a level of doubt that keeps us honest and that keeps Mm -hmm. us at the feet of Jesus and keeps us sincere and and really human and, and, and in touch with the pain of humanity. And so... Uh, you know for for me I just have to monitor that it doesn't get thrown into a yeah. place you
1: know so how do yeah so how do you do that because uh, you know and I know of people who uh, 2020 this global trauma that the humanity is going through I mean it's taken its toll on some people and people have either canceled uh, church God left ministry, gotten weirder (laughs) you know um um and i'm reminded about by you know psalms one it says you know blessed is the person who does not walk in the way of the wicked or stand in the you know the path of sinners and like the whole idea behind that psalm is like like you're blessed if you don't plant yourself in a wrong place you're actually blessed if you plant yourself by a stream of water so doubt is is daily but you don't have to stand there because if you stand there you, you can't plank yourself there. So right. how have you done this, bro? How have you navigate are navigating this doubt in ministry and to our listeners and young leaders? Like, how do you get, how do you, how do you, yeah. How do you stop not letting doubt take over you? Or maybe it's not doubt. Maybe it's something else for them. Maybe their dark mm-hmm. room uh, thing is something else, but like, I know, I know. About I know you and I have talked about this. Like my goal is, I don't even want a good and faithful servant thing. I just don't want to get weird at the end of this. Like, I right. just... <laughs> does right. that make sense? I want to end Absolutely. this thing not being a a jerk. Like, like if I can just do that, and and my family still
2: loves me, and you know, Absolutely. I'm good. Absolutely, I, I think for me. Well, a a few things. Uh, I mean, I try to take in, lean into reading the word every day and hearing the word of God. I think it's something so powerful about the scripture that says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So if faith comes by hearing the word of God, doubt comes by hearing the opposite. Yeah, And so I have to monitor what I'm listening to and the consumption of what is going into my spirit. The second thing that I do is I try to surround myself with people that can tell me that's just, that's just stupid. That's foolish. It's not logical. You know, Sometimes we sit with our thoughts and these mind monsters become something bigger than what they actually are because we've magnified them. And so one of the things that I've learned is whatever we want to magnify, talk about. <laughs> and so because our mm. mouth is a magnifier. Our mouth mm. magnifies things. And so, you know, just making sure that I am processing what it is that is unrealistic, unlogical with trusted people. And then mm-hmm. the third thing, and then the third thing that I try to do is when I'm in a moment of doubt, um, uh, Something that I have as a reminder in my phone is very profound, very simple, uh, but very transformational. And I encourage all of those that are struggling with something in a dark room to tell yourself this when you're struggling, don't trust yourself. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because at that time, time, you're not thinking through the right lens. You're not thinking through a healthy perspective. You're not thinking through um the the viewpoint and the lens that jesus uh is looking at you through and so if that is not the case you can't trust yourself in that position Mm -hmm. and so when we lose focus when focus is broken opportunities begin excuse me when we lose focus distractions become that they come in the way of opportunities yeah yeah And so we just have to make sure that we guard our our mind, we protect our spirit, we continue to feed our spirit man so that when we are faced with these moments of doubt or insecurity or fear or or worry or anxiety or whatever it may be that you are dealing with, listening to this, we can combat it with the word of God. And so, um, you know, feed your faith and starve your doubt.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's good, bro. That's good. All right. So let me ask you, like, so you've got a person, if you could say anything to young leaders out there, like, what is your prayer to them? Like in terms of, you know, uh, maybe they're going through something right now and they're in the dark room and God's trying to develop them. God's trying to speak to them. What is there any, like, you have a last thought, last prayer. What's your hope in all of this?
2: yeah so in a dark room specifically the old school dark rooms with uh you know the the artist and the photographer they don't rush the process and they're willing to do a couple of things the first Mm -hmm. one is that they're willing to be patient to capture the shot that they desire right Mm -hmm. so patience is key Mm-hmm. patience is, is, is clutch when you're going through a season of unknown a season of uncertainty that's
1: good bro yeah
2: the second thing that they do is they submerge the portrait the picture under the liquid that purifies removes extracts the image that they want out of them and so the second thing that i would say is submerge yourself in the presence of god so that it could extract and bring to the surface the image of god in you so that you see more of him than you do yourself. Mm-hmm. And then the third thing in the process that the photographer, or the artist does is they pull the image out of the liquid and then they leave it to hang. And yeah, run. yeah. And I would say in this process, for those that are listening, don't be afraid to hang alone sometimes. Mm. That's because good, bro. In those moments, it's in those moments that god speaks to you he defines the image of himself in you when you are alone with him mm. and i think sometimes we are so busy listening to the voices of other people that it washes out the voice of god yeah and so that would be my
1: my last oh, dude. little sense. Uh,
2: okay man. by the way just gotta tell all the listeners
1: that was you just free flowing it wasn't not like I didn't say you do (laughs) this. (laughs) This is Tim in the natural. I'm like, you coming up with this stuff right now? I was like, yes, that's why. That's why he is who he is. So, bro, this has been a joy. Uh, I know we're trying to put content out there. Usually we're just goofing off. But, uh, man, I appreciate this. I know our listeners are going to uh, as well. So, uh, man, yeah. Awesome.
2: Well, I love you, man. And I tell you this in private and I'll share it here on the platform. There's nothing that I wouldn't do for you. And I love you and Ashley and, and and Mosaic and and just kind of an honor and a privilege to, to be locked arm in arm with you all, man.
1: Well, well, dude, man, I really do love Jen. So I do want to say that. Um, and that's it. That's and max. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm just trying to be you know honest. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Let's just be honest, okay?
2: <laughs>
1: no, bro. I mean, really, I'm so grateful for our friendship, our brotherhood, uh, and um, yeah, we gotta we okay, we gotta hang soon and uh, do things that we can't talk about on the podcast. So, <laughs> yeah, <pretty> sure. yeah. <laughs> all right, okay, man, bro, appreciate you. We're signing out. <laughs> All right.
0: Man, that was uh that was powerful, man. That was really, really awesome.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, you would never think people who are so charismatic and uh full of confidence, especially when they're on stage, actually really doubt everything they say. Um, <laughs> you know, off stage. So Seriously. yeah, man, but it's real life. So it is. It's, well, thank you, I'm thank you guys prepare, for yeah.
0: Thank you guys for like not being afraid to like share these kind of stories because like you said, man, like the whole green room, like I've been in a couple green rooms with you where you know you just never think that anybody in that room has any sort of doubt ever. Right, right. <laughs> you know what I mean. Right. So um, this is. I hope that this is helping people as much as I mean. If if nothing else, guys, if you're all listening, this is helping. This is helping me. So I appreciate you doing these. That's what we're man. doing this podcast, bro. This you. is all That's for it. me. I, I yeah. appreciate it. I knew it. I knew it. Well, thanks, man. This, this has been great. I'm so excited to hear some more of these. Uh, so if you guys enjoyed this as always, please like share, subscribe to our podcast, Spotify, iTunes, you can go to Org or check out mosaicchurch.tv. We have a live stream every Sunday morning. And, um, like I said, we will be releasing uh, some more of these episodes of the dark room sessions, uh, in weeks to come. So stay tuned. I'm excited. Naeem. Thank you. Hope you have a great day, man. Take care. All right. See See you guys.